0: Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic, from sacred sexuality to fetishes, power exchange relationships and leather life, BDSM to polyamory, as well as simply fun kink. Each week, we bring you a diverse offering of erotic life in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan.
1: Today on the podcast, we are doing a topic called sensual humiliation.
0: I know. We keep saying we're going to do it and haven't gotten around to it, but... Today's the day. Today
1: is the day, and uh, no interview, no guest. We don't need one. (laughs) We seem to have this one down. And it is actually one. It's one of our more popular presentations. It is. When we present, um, it's really interesting, as we've presented around the nation i can you know depending on what presentation we're doing you could get a feel i mean when we do sensual present sensual humiliation mm-hmm. full
0: house we always get a full oh, house absolutely one. it is a popular one uh flirting normally does very well mm-hmm. um, talking dirty can do- talk yes yeah. so People there's certain, like these certain yeah. classes we do,
1: <laughs> and depending on the event the ms one's full house there's right. some classes we do where it's a, you don't know yeah right. you have no clue some of the deeper weirder sacred esoteric sexuality ones, and yeah. And yeah yeah the esoteric <laughs> ones you I get four people, and that's happened,
0: yeah, that's happened, but you know actually we're okay with that because it leads to a an intimate setting, so it's just a little different presentation style, but not a good thing or a bad thing. and for today's
1: podcast, we've got four listeners
0: we do. Hi, four people.
1: (laughs) Which at this point, we've gotten four emails. I can name all of our listeners. We may have more than four at this point.
0: You never know. I don't know. Spicy in Australia is listening. So I've been chatting with her.
1: (laughs) So that gives us two listeners in Australia. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we'll have to make a trip out there eventually so we can meet them.
0: Awesome. Spicy's offered us crash space. We just have to get there.
1: (laughs) That's selling a lot of books. swim. Yes. I have to sell a lot of books to get there. Exactly. Uh, so the topic today is going to be sensual humiliation. We have the big, big news about the podcast and something mm-hmm. new coming. Uh, no BS. <laughs> ha ha. And um, a question of the day. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and knock out the question
0: of the day because you thought it was kind of interesting. I did. Well, I always think the questions of the day are interesting, or we wouldn't have them on the podcast. (laughs) There you go. Today's question of the day, Dawn.
1: Yes? Are all subs
0: shy and all doms outgoing? (laughs) I can see why people would think that, Mm -hmm. but um, I would have to say no. I know some shy doms and some very outgoing submissives.
1: I don't, I cannot offhand think Of too many shy doms. Really? I know, know, but I can't think of any... Well, I I can think of a few shy submissives, Mm -hmm. but not many. A lot of submissives that you and I know Mm -hmm. are fairly outgoing, fairly outspoken, fairly self-confident and extroverted. Right. Um, Doesn't mean that they're not subby. Doesn't mean that they're not respectful. And gracious, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really equate for all people to be shy. Now, you've had your periods where you've been quiet. Yes. Where I've wanted you to be quiet. Exactly. But you are not by nature a shy person, I would say. Matter of fact, I don't know, maybe I'm shyer than you are by nature.
0: Yeah, we've kind of figured that out, that you may be shyer than me. You're just really good at, you're really good at being outgoing when the time calls for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at, uh, for the most part, stepping back when I need to. Cause sometimes I like to just step back and be the observer, you know, of situations. I learn that way, but, um, I also like to be involved. I couldn't be a presenter or a priestess in charge of rituals and weddings mm-hmm. if I wasn't outgoing. So, and we've got, I'm trying to think of our members of house meta. How many of the submissives are shy? You know what? We had one that came in that started out shy. And I think this whole dynamic actually allowed her to find her voice.
1: You know, I wonder if that's why we're not too familiar with too many shy submissives. Because Mm -hmm. once it is an opportunity to grow, it is an opportunity Mm -hmm. to blossom, for lack of a better term. And, you know, thinking about it, I guess I do know some more reserved Dominance. I'll use the word shy, but I think more reserved.
0: More reserved, more the observer and everything. Now, now once you really get to know them, they can be um, more... energetic Mm -hmm. and things like that more outgoing um but to start with sometimes they're they're very quiet and
1: they're sneaky too they'll fool you (laughs) i remember when i first knew when i first met and was getting to know master cowboy right of uh, house safe haven (laughs) he struck me as a very quiet um reserved perhaps shy person
0: right very um the times that i was around him at different events Um, I hope he's listening, too. This is kind of neat. But um, I saw him as very high protocol, and I actually had a respect for him when I watched him with his submissive. And uh, some people didn't understand that because Mm -hmm. both of them were very reserved. And, you know, I know her, she was actually usually more boisterous. But when they were in uh, at an event or a party or something like that, very reserved, very following protocol, very mm-hmm. in tune with each other, which is why some submissives can be seen as quiet because we're so right. in tune with our masters right. that we're very focused, not just quiet. But um, as we got to know Master Cowboy, <laughs> um, I won't say he's come out of his shell because I don't know that he was ever in his shell. It's just uh, um, uh, pertinent to, not pertinent, but d- depending on... Where he's at and who he's with.
1: Uh, what I found from Mister Ca- Master Cowboy is he was very uh, he was actually not shy. He was an observer. Mm-hmm. He was just paying attention. Right. And um, he absolutely has a, um, a very um,
0: a subtle form of humor, mm-hmm. you know, but he's definitely- <laughs> and sometimes not so subtle.
1: <laughs> yes. So um, but
0: we know, yeah, we know a couple of masters like that, and like I said, you know, some right in our very own house, and it's uh it's kind of neat to watch the different personalities. But, yeah, I definitely would not say, I would not make a generalization that all Doms are outgoing no, and all no. Subs are shy by to the,
1: any stretch. To the point of the question, are all Doms anything mm-hmm. and all Subs anything? No. Mm-mm. No, we're all people. You can probably draw some generalities of Subs and generalities of Doms. Yeah. but But... Um, there's so much variance in who we absolutely, are. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: So that is the question of the day. If you would like to ask us a question of the day. You can call us our, on our voicemail, which is 206-309-0054. Or you could uh, hop on the Erotic Awakening Life
1: group and leave a message for us there. And we will take that and ship it away. Ship it away? We are going to, uh, so starting next month, as a matter of fact, on the first week of June, We have a new show coming on the uh, Erotic Awakening Podcast Network, Mm -hmm. BSing with Barak and Sheba. And what we're thinking right now is their show is going to be kind of a question format. Right. Dealing with some of the questions that we have in the kink and the BDSM and the MS and all the other communities. Mm -hmm. So they are going to be handling a lot of our uh, Q&A stuff. Now, you might know Barak and Sheba from some of our previous podcasts. They were Mm -hmm. actually uh, interviewed on podcast Number two, perhaps, or number yeah, three. very, very close to the beginning. And uh, they came on later and did um, sadism, sadism, a podcast on Sadism. Mm-hmm. And then just a few weeks ago, they interviewed us for the book Erotic Awakening. And, yes. Or I'm sorry, the book uh, Living MS. <laughs> and they uh, are now uh, officially... Addicted to the podcasting like we are, and we've talked them into coming (laughs) in once a month. So uh, once a month, first week of the month is what we're shooting for. You will have a new show BSing with Barak and Sheba. The other change on the podcasting world is that we will be doing, uh, we're going to try and raise, right now we do about, what, about four podcasts a month? About four.
0: We throw in an extra one every now and then.
1: And we're going to throw in a couple extra ones, so I want to shoot for more of a six to eight podcast a month sort
2: of
0: yeah well we need to feed our addiction too so now that we've got lee on board and uh and sheba on board we still need to get um our weekly one done as well we do indeed so that's coming
1: up it's going to be a lot of fun i think so as well (laughs) um
0: and what are you gonna do with all that free time oh what free time not other- podcasting? Yes. I, I'm sure there's plenty to do. <laughs> As a matter of <laughs> <Starting> fact. Starting tomorrow.
1: <laughs> starting tomorrow, you are uh, headed up north. Um, I am. And is that an
0: open house of some sort? It is. It is called the uh, House Kefiru Open House. And uh, uh, this is run. House Kefiru is run by Michelle Belanger. And, uh, some people will be aware of her. She, uh, describes herself as a psychic vampire and is known for her vampire stuff. But what I like about her is that, um, everything is based on energy. Mm-hmm. So, and you and I do a lot of energy stuff with the sacred sexuality, with the BDSM, we cover energy and how to use it and what it is and, you know, all the, all the little details of it. Um, uh, energetic hygiene, just the whole gamut. We cover that in most of our workshops. So I like to go and just sit in on uh, workshops myself and not have to teach them. But Absolutely. I always learn so much from this group and they started out really small. I mean, they're a house, you know, a few members mm-hmm. and uh, their events started really small. We've always been presenting. So I've never been able to get to one of their open houses. Well, this year, they had to go to a bigger hotel, and they're cutting off attendance at 150. So it's going to be... A pretty decent size event. So you're, sh- you're
1: not going to fit 100 uh, 150 people in our house. That's
0: for no, sure. No, no. Though we do know a few houses that do that, but <laughs> so. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really hoping to. Um, we'll see how busy Michelle is, but you know, I'm kind of hoping I can get an interview out of her, or at least a promise to do one before October, which is her busy vampire season. Yes. <laughs>
1: So uh, we'll hear more about House Kefru's mm-hmm. uh, event when you come back. Um, and the other thing we can do with our free time is I could flog you with our new floggers from the Kick Shop. Yay! Uh, the Kink <laughs> Shop provided us with uh, a bunch of toys to review on the podcast. We talked about their canes uh, a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've had an opportunity to break out those floggers. Yes. Now, the, flog- the classic flogger is a handle of some sort that you hold in your hand. Right. So if you picture a ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. ping pong paddle has a handle. Or a um, other thing that has a I don't a know. Handle, a broom or, handle or something. <laughs> well, uh, a dustpan, right? Has a handle. Right. right? Tennis so racket. Tennis racket has a handle. Yes. So most floggers have handles like that. You wrap your hand around it and you hold on to it. And you swing the floggers. Mm-hmm. The floggers we got from the kink shop are more of what... And the only thing I can compare it to is... Um, if you ever go down to the beach, you'll mm-hmm. see those people flying those super
0: professional kites, yes.
1: and they have these two finger yeah. eye hook like the holdy things,
0: right? But they go on your finger
1: loops, loops, right? Like, yeah, right. like little leather loops. So my uh, first finger and middle finger, the loops go on there, mm-hmm. and the, and there's a ball joint sort of chain dealio right. that connects that holding part. <laughs> <The> technical <laughs> conversation here. <laughs> With the floggers themselves. So uh, there you get a completely different motion out of your hand. You get more, use more of a wrist motion. You can use more body. You can be more, for me, it allows me to be more sensual with the person. Mm -hmm. It's just a different level of control. It's a much closer level of control.
0: Right, right. So, and I don't think you actually do as much wear and tear. It's not like as heavy because it's two loops. You don't Mm -hmm. have the heaviness of the handle itself. So get more impact with less work. <laughs> and less work means
1: longer floggings. Yay!
0: <laughs> so um that's what we'll be doing with all
1: of our free time. Other than of what course is th- what is th- <laughs> we've added new podcasts to the schedule,
0: so no you're free time. To say, at all. What's this mystical free time <laughs> you talk about?
1: <laughs> if you're excited by the idea of more podcasts, then feel free to hop over to iTunes and rate us or mention something on uh Good old Twitter, mm-hmm. or you could even join our little Facebook group where we get reports every month about how many people are not joining
0: Aww. or have, joined. Or sometimes have it, joined. Sometimes it goes or either comment. way. Or comment, yes. So, and we see the com- any comments made on that Facebook page, we see those as well.
1: So that's another way you could contact us. Mm-hmm. I should move that into the little contact form area. Ooh. Um, you ready to talk about central humiliation yet? Maybe. <laughs> Sure.
0: <laughs> I take it you're ready?
1: Well, we should probably mention that um, we're headed down to Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. in a short number of weeks. I'm not exactly sure when.
0: We are. It's Yeah, it's only a couple of weeks away.
1: And that'll be really strange because we're going to be presenting for the uh, TNG group. TNG group. <laughs> TNG groups are normally um, somewhere like the 19 to 35 age range. Right.
0: And you're not in the 19 to 35 Aww, age range. I'm not. <laughs> so I'm a little over that. Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun. So I think we're doing the flirting workshop. We are. And, we uh, are. That'll, that'll be kind of neat. So, so if I flirt with somebody, what's, so what's the age cut off? What makes me a cougar? Under what age? I can do the 30-year-old to not be a cougar, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know that I want to be a cougar. You, don't know till, you won't know until you try.
1: That's very true. <laughs> um, it's really funny, too, by the way. On a complete side note, if you end up dating men that are 19, 20,
2: 21,
1: it mm-hmm. uh, makes you a cougar. Mm-hmm. If I date girls that are 19, 20, 21, it makes me a pervert. Exactly. <laughs> Disgusting old man. Um, so that's that. Um, we're almost... Um, to the point of being perverted old people and talking about sensual humiliation. Mm-hmm. That's a really poor segue. That's <laughs> going to go somewhere completely different. Instead, I'd, real quickly then, let's just get into our topic. Okay. Um, we want to uh, mention really quick, uh, Maui kink, Maui kink, Maui kink, go by rope, go by rope, go by rope. Save 10% with ERA10 is your secret code. Mm-hmm. Restrictions apply. This one's almost expiring, so go buy your kinky rope.
0: Yes. So and, and we do have the MS Intensive coming up at the end of this month. So, you know, almost don't need to mention it because the tickets are sold out. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to mention it because we'll end up talking about it in a couple of weeks and how it went. So that's going to be exciting.
1: That is going to be exciting. And... um Uh, it's really interesting because it's something that we just kind of put together and said, I wonder if anybody would come if we Mm -hmm. rented this place out for, uh, half a day and provided a lunch and just did MS topics all day long. Right. And, uh, we sold
0: out Quaker than Spit. We did. We did. Can't beat that. I like it. It's going to be nice. It is going to be nice. And we're going to be ending it with a game that's going to be a lot of fun too. So
1: for people that are, um, not always on the podcast. We are actually uh, a um, power exchange couple. Yes. And we'll be talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, but today we're going to talk about. Ha! Huh, See, that's <laughs> a good segue. That's a segue. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get into our topic of the day, which is sensual humiliation. Yes. Don, what in the world is sensual humiliation?
0: Well, I usually have to explain sensual humiliation to people because when they hear humiliation, the first thing they think of is ordeal humiliation. And um, it's a different animal. So not animal. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But um, ordeal humiliation is... spitting in someone's face, throwing someone on the ground and kicking them, telling them they're worthless. Mm-hmm. It's its kind of like breaking someone down. And, and there's people in the kink world, in the BDSM world, um, especially uh, masochists that like to be broken down like that. And what they do is they use it as an opportunity to rebuild themselves. So, you know, it, it can be... Um, it can be very intense. I actually, I have a hard time watching it. I can absolutely see the benefit of it. I can see what they get out of it. May want to try it one day myself, but um, it's hard for me to watch. Not at
1: all my thing. Yeah. Um so, ordeal, humiliation, and that's just not what we're talking about right now. Right. Again, you, like you said, you may go to an event someday and you might see somebody get knocked over and kicked mm-hmm. and be told they're a fat pig and right. useless, worthless piece of shit. Ugh. Yeah. And, uh, and the other person will later, you'll find them cuddling going, oh, that was such a wonderful scene. Mm-hmm. Not what we get into, not what we're talking no. about. No. For a sensual humiliation mm-hmm. is a little bit more along the lines of using... Um,
0: Humiliation style
1: of play to release that inner slut.
0: Yes. So, and the way I described it to someone one time, there was a new guy at um, the Chicago event. And I told him what our presentation was on and he wanted to know what it was. And he saw a picture behind me of a woman spitting on a guy. And he's like, I just don't think I'm into that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Sensual humiliation. It's actually kind of fun and um, erotic and, and sexy and slutty. And, and I'm like, it's, it's humiliation that makes you wet or hard. Mm-hmm. And he got that. You know, it's like whispering, you naughty little slut. Right. You know, in someone's ear. That makes me wetter than hell if it's done with the right intent.
1: Right. It's And, and it's a great um, differentiator as well because you could, you know, uh, you could say in a very cruel voice mm-hmm. to someone, oh, you just want to get fucked, don't you? You, you disgusting Right, pig. right. Or you could wrap your arms around them and you pull on their hair <laughs> and you're whispering in their ear. You just want to get fucked, don't you, you sluts? You want to be fucked right now, you dirty little slut. (laughs) And it's a very different
0: energy. It's a very different feel to it. And And when you've done that to me, I feel your hardness happen (laughs) as you press up against me. And (laughs) yeah, it just works. (laughs) So
1: we've used the word slut about nine times now. Mm -hmm. So what does that word slut mean? I thought that was a bad word.
0: You know, it's been used to be degrading. Oh, that's what ordeal, humiliation is as well. Is degrading. You Mm -hmm. know, these words have been uh, given a power to hurt people for a very long time, and some of us are taking these words back and becoming empowered by them. You know, a slut to me is someone that embraces a positive sexuality.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, you can be a slut and be monogamous. It's all about the intent. It's all about the energy. It is about being a sexual being.
1: Yeah, one of the, the first lifestyle books that we ever read was um, Ethical Slut. Ethical Slut, yeah, by Dossie Easton. Right, And um, and, and she approaches the topic the same way, mm-hmm. to reclaim the power of the word slut as a positive part of your... You know, for me, slut is just a matter of... I embrace my sexuality. Yes. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not afraid to express that sexuality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't actually uh get the fucked nearly as often as I, as I have the opportunity to. Yes. And my sluthood is not a numbers game. It is not a matter of how much I'm getting. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of the intent when I do decide to hook up. Absolutely. So we got that part down. Mm-hmm. Um one of the neat things about sensual humiliation is that it is very different from – earlier we were talking about flogging somebody. It's very right. different from a flogging scene. It's much more – and I dare say it's much more creative. Oh, it absolutely. requires you to really think about how can I make – how can I reach deep inside and – and play with that inner stuff and bring it out mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that's not going to piss off my partner. Right. Turn things cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have one partner who very much liked the dirty talk but uh, <laughs> didn't like the word bitch. Yes. So exploring you know, what's going to make your partner wet and make your partner excited in a humiliation scene without it going over the edge and without it becoming uh, just something that debases the other person or the other person just not enjoying
0: Right. Ne- Neuro-linguistics uh, comes into play a lot, and uh, that is uh, learning, what, like you said, what words you can use, what words you can't use. Some words still carry a lot of baggage for us, and it could be weird words, you know? Bitch. She liked being called slut, whore, (laughs) you know, all these things, but bitch was her trigger word and that just stops everything cold. So because of that, we actually recommend not doing this with a new partner because you're not going to know you won't know them well enough Mm -hmm. to trust yourself, to be creative enough to make this work because you're not going to know what their triggers are. So if you're a couple that knows each other, you'll know them well enough to be able to figure out what may or may not work. So, but the trick is though, with that said is to um, not go into this with any fear so, again, with that trust involved, right. it makes it easier if, if you're a couple that, that knows about each other. Yeah, excitement isn't the same as fear. Right. Now,
1: um, earlier, you know, I mentioned how it can be, you know, your humiliation scenes, your sensual humiliation scenes can be very creative. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to take place in the dungeon. <laughs> they don't have to involve floggers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for example, one of the things that you and I have done is I've sent you to the grocery store. Yes. With a list. And yes. the list was, if I remember correctly, and I may have this uh, one or two <laughs> items wrong, but it's something along the lines of a cucumber. Yes. Uh, a carrot. Yes. A box of condoms mm-hmm. and some Vaseline.
0: Yes, sir. And nothing else. Right. And and of
1: course, you know, the trick to that is used to say, and nothing else. Yes. So that when you're going through, so the process, the act of going through line at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will argue, well, aren't you non-consensually involving other people in your scenes, well, they can draw whatever conclusions they want from the right. fact you're buying vegetables for me to fuck you with mm-hmm. and the instruments to go with the vegetables <laughs> for the fucking. Or maybe they assume um, you're going to make a very weird salad. Right. right. I don't know. I don't need to know. <laughs> you know, but this is one of the things that we did earlier in our exploration of central right. humiliation, you know, putting you in public, having you buy. Because the key to that being we had to put this in your mind. Uh-huh. Here, I want you to go to the grocery store. I want you to buy uh-huh. vegetables. And I'm going to fuck you with these vegetables. So keep that in mind as you go buy them. And if you bring back a pea pod, then I'm going to go... Myself and find the biggest squash I can find. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) So, and there's there's some interesting things that go on with this whole process. I mean, we did this. This was one of the first exercises that Dan did with me, I don't know, 12 years ago or something. And um, he knew me well enough. You know, I was a shy person back then um, for the most part. So he knew what would embarrass me. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But... Make me feel slutty. So it wasn't anything that was going to harm me. He knew well enough what it would, what it would do to me. I don't think, I don't know (laughs) that he knew how my head processes things though, because to some people it's like, okay, you go in there, you get the stuff, you put it on the belt. No. I'm looking at stuff and I'm looking at the cucumbers and this elderly lady walks up next to me and goes, they're, they're a right good size this season, aren't they? You know, and I'm like, yes, ma'am, they are, you know, as I'm picking out one of the larger ones and, you know, moving on to the different vegetables and then you've got this stuff and you get up to the line and it's like, okay, so he wants me to get all this stuff and I'm not allowed to go through self-checkout and, you know, so what, what cashier am I going to pick? And you see the little, the little a little uh, uh, teenage boy and it's like, nope, can't do that. And you see the elderly lady, nope, can't do that. So I try to find the the least scary person <laughs> to do it through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you make me tell you all of that when I get back. And that, certainly, <laughs> and that
1: becomes a part of the scene is your experience doing that. Um, we've had situations where I'll go with you to the store when mm-hmm. you're making these kind of purchases and just kind of keep an eye on you. And sometimes I'll reveal that I'm there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I won't. And so now you never know. Right. Um, One of the more interesting ones that we've done in more of a a group setting is to... um, be at an event and have the only thing that you're allowed to say is "fuck me, please." <laughs> so as you're going around meeting people, and you know people are saying, "Oh, hey, Dan and Don, how's it going? Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, Don, how are you?" You know, I can of course respond by saying, "Oh, I'm having a great day." Uh-huh. You know, and uh, uh, you know, Don's doing okay, but not great. And they'll go, "Oh, Don, what's wrong?"
2: Uh-huh.
1: And you'll be stuck <laughs> with saying "fuck me, please."
0: And um, <laughs> and usually you'll say. Uh, what was that? I I couldn't hear you. <laughs> because most people are like, what? What a strange thing! I couldn't I couldn't have heard you
1: correctly. What did you really say? As part of our scene, in uh, doing one of those, uh, I actually had a um, uh, stoolie or whatever you call it uh-huh. uh, set up in as one of the attendees who uh, repeatedly would say, what? I just can't hear you. You have to speak up. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> and you had to yell it louder and louder. Louder,
0: louder and louder. Know, and and it's funny because what is humiliating? I mean, I've had people in our, our audience say, well, that's not humiliating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you have to, like I said, you have to know the other person to see what would be humiliating to them. I mean, what we do now is nowhere near like going to the grocery store, you know, or something like like that. We've uh, stepped up the line a little bit, but you know, for starting out, God, getting me to take off my shirt and walk in front of people, knowing I wanted to do it and knowing I couldn't, mm-hmm. but you made me do it. You know, that just kind of like allows my slutty side to come out and gives her permission to come out and play. Sure, and uh, you know, that's kind of the goal of the sensual humiliation stuff. I mean, some of this stuff, I bet you, has been part of our naughty talk. You know, part of our pillow talk. Oh, yeah. And then I'm sure you use it. I don't know how you come up with your creative ideas, because they're creative. But I'm sure you use some of that information and piece it together.
1: So when we do something like that with Fuck Me, Please, at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. or any other other kind of sensual humiliation scene, and, and, you know, as a side note, we can do plenty of good central humiliation stuff for just the two of us. We just haven't picked some examples that yeah. involves other people. Yes. Um, so what does that feel
0: like? What does that make you feel? I, well, I feel really, really naughty, which kind of is humiliating. And so, and then the whole idea that it's humiliating makes me feel naughty, and that's more humiliating. And, you know, it just kind of feeds off itself. <laughs> But I like that whole slutty feeling. I like, um, letting that piece of myself out.
1: And, you know, and that's one of the reasons that we do this kind of play. It's the idea that I can let that slutty side out. Mm-hmm. I can let, you know, it's like if on your own, you know, um, you just started to beg for, you know, uh, fuck me harder or whatever. Right. Um, that can be very difficult to allow yourself to get over because, of course, we program that that's bad. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have no problem with that, but it can be, it can be very <laughs> difficult to get over that hump, right? But via this kind of play, when your partner is saying, beg for it, I'm going to make you beg for mm-hmm. it, you know, that mm-hmm. allows you to let it out easier. It allows a feeling of engagement. Your partner is clearly okay with this because they're
0: clearly part of that scene. Absolutely. I mean, in my own case, you know, I I learned to be quiet and not let that piece of myself out. <laughs> Good girls don't do this is what I was taught. Right. You know? So to actually have, um, I mean, you're just as slutty as I am. So to have a partner that's just as slutty and is willing to work with this kind of play is just really, really. Mm. <laughs> so it's awesome stuff. And to be told to to be loud and to make noises. And you're making me all hot. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, one of the things that we
1: talk about uh, when we talk about this is, of course, um, in the common BDSM, there's an aftercare. Mm -hmm. You know, after your flogging scene, after your caning scene, after whatever kind of scene, there's some kind of aftercare involved. And when we teach central humiliation, we talk about the aftercare that's involved in that as well.
0: Absolutely. So because the one thing that um, this is more of emotional play, psychological play. I think I would put it in that realm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, one of my questions that I had for you a lot and sometimes it doesn't come up near as often as it used to, but, um, yeah, I can remember asking kind of recently within the last few months. Mm -hmm. And the question is, am I too slutty? And I just loved your response when I started asking that question because sometimes I was really afraid that um I had shown my slutty side so well <laughs> that it was across the line. And that's you know, that's perfectly
1: common because we're trained, we're taught, we're raised Good girls don't do that
0: stuff. Good boys
1: don't do that kind of stuff. It obviously applies both for males and females.
0: Mm -hmm. So, and being married and stuff like that, oh my God, you know, you allow your wife to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's expectations with those titles and stuff. And so, uh, so to get past all of that, you know, sometimes... So how did I,
1: how did I respond though?
0: When you say, you know, am I being too slutty? Well, your response was, um i'm on this trip with you i'm just as slutty as you are Mm -hmm. exactly you know and that is just kind of like a big oh yeah that's right we're doing this together so you know it's not like i'm out doing it on my own and and you know or any of that that stuff that we don't like like cheating or anything like that you know this is a trip that we're taking together Mm
1: -hmm. so um that's central humiliation in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, we
0: need to cover a little bit more about aftercare. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we started, started a that on that, and then I took sorry. a side rail. So I'm sorry. So, what kind of aftercare <laughs> do you recommend? Um, aftercare for this, because it is a lot of mental play, is uh, very much um, doing something normal afterwards. You know? I... have I may still need the cuddle time, like a regular BDSM scene, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Um, chocolate, not so important. Water, not so important. You know, right. this but, is not a, yeah, this this can be drawn out over a while. So it's not like it's an impact scene or something.
1: Right. This is more along the lines of, um, you know, for us, the kind of aftercare that we recommend to people is you go grocery shopping. Right. Or you go work on the bills. or You, you eat go a do bowl
0: do of Cheerios. Whatever your <laughs> normal routine is.
1: Continue with that normal routine. Go do something nice and normal. Yes. Because that will reinforce that the relationship's still good, mm-hmm. the relationship's still valid, even though you've just taken a, uh, a trip into your deepest, naughtiest sluthood.
0: Yeah, even though you just uh, fuck me in the middle of a dungeon and make me bark like a dog. <laughs> we're still good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, um, and it may take a couple of days you know, for, for things to surface even. So just be aware that, that things can, can surface because this is emotional, emotional play. There could be triggers that are hit, you know, don't be afraid of them. Just be aware that they could hit and don't, um, walk away from it. If it does happen.
1: Absolutely.
0: So be responsible and it'll work itself out. So that's the 20-minute version of the 90-minute class. Oh, yeah. We usually tell a lot more stories. <laughs> it's just more fun when it's in person. and <laughs> You can do the motions with it. And <laughs> for people out from the audience to help out. Yes, yes. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky, fun group. Visit Adventures in Sexuality at adventuresinsexuality.org.
1: Erotic Awakening is grateful for the support of The Kink Shop. The Kink Shop provides quality merchandise at affordable prices and features various BDSM implements for lifestylers by lifestylers. Visit them online at (laughs) www.kinkshop.com.
0: Want to be a part of the Erotic Awakening? Want to share about your favorite kink, an event, podcast, or book? Toss us an email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. Let's hear what you have to say.
1: Need budget dungeon furniture? Dawn gets her kink on on furniture from Two Sadistic Freaks. Visit twosadisticfreaks.com for great furniture at great prices. Special discounts apply to those that live in Ohio.
0: Did you know you can buy the new book, Living MS by Dan and Dawn, as well as an Erotic Awakening t-shirt, messenger bag, or coffee mug simply by visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening website? Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Thank you for your support.
1: For all your rope and exotic wood needs, we highly recommend Maui Kink. Visit Maui Kink at www.mauikink.com. And when ordering, don't forget to select that you heard about them via Erotic Awakening on the checkout form.
0: Music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided by Pocket Universe always picture a universe in a pocket pocket universe for music that has been crafted and designed for scenes that range from sensual to dynamic bdsm visit them at www.pocketuniversemusic.com bye. On. bye dan